1: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you want your ability to adjust your loan options in real time. Folks, Rocket can. It's Ken Carman on CBS Sports Radio, 855 212 cbs 855-212-4227. Up at 1140 a.m. Eastern, excuse me, 1140 a.m. Eastern, Jimmy Hanlon, Fox Sports, golf pro all over the place. I mean, the guy has like a 1,000 different TV shows on golf. I've been on one of his shows on golf while golfing with the pro. We talk about Tiger Woods. We talk about the PGA. Without Tiger Woods, the whole thing. That coming up at 1140 a.m. Eastern, 840 a.m. Pacific. And we welcome in the great one. Anthony Pierno again to give us the top five subject. Hello, the king Pirno. of
3: Staten Island.
2: You are. You're the king of Staten Island.
3: What is up? So um, I don't know if you heard, but Dr. What Fraser is- Crane, he's back. He's coming back.
2: I, I'm nervous. I'm always afraid about reboots.
3: Yeah. So uh, on Wednesday, for those that don't know, it was announced that Frazier will be revived yeah. on uh, the Viacom CBS streaming service, Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, we are going today to do our top five favorite 90s TV sitcoms.
2: Ooh, this is good. No, this no, is no, very... no animation,
3: no animation. Uh, just Yeah, it yeah. has to be actors yes. and sitcoms. Yes.
2: Oh, this is good. This is very, very well done. Good thought, Pierno.
3: I don't understand the uh, why people get so worked up with these reboots and just because... Listen if it's bad, as as it's what? bad, and then we uh, never have then you ne- you don't have to watch it ever again. maybe it'll turn out great, and then it's something that you can well, add there to your list that you could enjoy going forward if it's bad, honestly, it's not going to ruin it it's not going to ruin the legacy of what how, has happened already how bad
2: could it be? How bad could any of these be is there have there been any of them that were like, "Oh my God, this is just terrible I don't think they're I, how could they be bad if they were successful then and you just do what you did with older people for like a season or two, and then you're like, okay, we had our fun, bye-bye. How, how how bad could it be?
3: Well, this will be interesting because as of right now, it sounds like only Kelsey Grammer is coming back. So that'll okay. be interesting, of so course. So no David
2: High Pierce, no Perry Gilpin. Obviously, you know, you can't have John yeah, Mahoney. Yeah, John Mahoney, that's, of course, passed sad. away
3: a few years yeah. ago. Uh, but as of this moment, it sounds like just Kelsey Grammer. So that'll be interesting.
2: You can't have Eddie anymore. I mean, that's just not believable. <laughs> so, I mean, you can't really put – maybe he'll have his own dog named, like, Eddie Five or something. Like, oh, you know, I, I grew to love Eddie, and I have, it, I have an Eddie now. And it's from Eddie's same bloodline or something. You can't – so it, it's, he's the only one – well, you can't have other actors. You have to have the same actors. As much as you can. You have to bring back David Hyde Pierce and all those people. I mean, I it. would
3: I would like that to be the case. I would hope so. I mean, you know, obviously Kelsey Grammer was outstanding, but yeah. also David Hyde Pierce was amazing.
2: Which now he's going to produce the thing, and it's amazing when you hear some of the stories about – you know, Kelsey Grammer was kind of out of control during the first Was well,
3: also interesting it. is Jane Leaves, who played Daphne. Um, yes. she, I, I'm not sure exactly what show she works on currently, uh, okay. but she, I, I saw where she said that she wouldn't leave her current show to come back to be part of the revival of Frasier. Oh.
2: Well, So if it happens, it happens. I hope it does. I'd love to see it. If not, you know, that's it. And I always felt this way with the 90s sitcoms and the reboots and stuff. I, I don't think it can be bad. I really don't. I don't think they can be that bad. Unless you just hated the show when you watched it in the 90s. But I also, I think it's, I do think it's a, I think it says something about current television where we got no more good ideas. We The only thing we can do is reboot old good ideas. We have nothing good anymore. It's got to be a reboot. All It's all been done. All sitcom television is, has all been done. It's all the same thing. I mean, I listen, I know what our call letters are here, but we, when we're talking about giving away kidneys here, we, we've kind of done it all. 855-2124-CBS. I want to know where that goes after the kidney is given. That's all. I'm sorry. I'll say no more. So that's a fantastic top five subject. 90s sitcoms. I wish that was an ABC show. I'd spend a whole segment on that show if it were an ABC show. I hope they sell it to ABC just so I could do a segment on that damn thing. Tom Brady's given some people some bad ideas. Super Bowl 55 was there, gave Russell an idea. And I didn't think he knows. He knows. If you're Russell Wilson, you're watching Super Bowl 55, you're there. You have to show up there because you're getting the Walter Mate Man of the Year Award. Again, because you're a major star and you've done some really good things. But for Russell, you're watching Tom Brady. You're seeing this guy get what he wants finally. He leaves New England, and there is a lot of conversation between players. If you you talk to players behind the scenes, there's a lot of guys – who are willing to go to New England. They want a chance to chase... When Tom Brady's there, they, they want to go to New England when Tom Brady's there, they want a chance to take a ring and, and get a ring and play for rings and, and do great things. There's guys who are willing to do it. They're willing to do it for one year. Like a guy like Chris Long. I'm in, I'm out. Get me the hell out of there. Because it was difficult. It's not just difficult to win a championship. It's a different vibe. It's a different type of atmosphere altogether. And they're successful. They got six rings, but... Over that period of time there's been plenty of other teams that a lot of guys had fun. A lot of guys were, were were able to have their time too, and they won championships. They were able to do it. They they weren't as successful as the as the Patriots, and that's all you and I care about. But they were able to have their fun and do it. When we saw Tampa Bay some days off, yeah, there's gonna be a few. We got a bunch of old guys here. We're gonna have some fun. Tom Brady let loose. Tom Brady, when he got off that boat, look like a divorcee who's getting out of a bad marriage. Like she just left her overbearing husband, and she is out on the town. She let herself go, in the words of George Strait. That's what Tom Brady looked like. And I think Tom Brady gave Russell Wilson some ideas. And I think that those guys are going to give a lot of other quarterbacks a lot of bad ideas. And I do wonder this, because when you have quarterbacks that are fighting on this, when you have major players that are fighting on this, owners, and we haven't seen this in every sport, you are beholden to the talent you have in the NBA if you're an owner. But we have seen some quietness of owners fighting back. And so if if Russell Wilson is watching Tom Brady go out and have his fun and just seems to be released and being able to just enjoy the moment with great players and a great opportunity and beating a team that, Very well still. I think a lot of people overreacted a few weeks ago. Very well still could be the team of this decade and a dynastic type of football team. I can't see. I really can't. Mahomes is so good. Reed is smart enough. I I think that this is the team that breaks that Super Bowl hangover thing. I think they go back to the playoffs. They make a deep run. I can't guarantee Super Bowl with this type of stuff, but I don't think they're missing the playoffs next year, and we're wondering about... Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and their relationship together, and it becomes all dramatic during next fall. I don't think that it goes that way. I don't think there's a chance it goes that way. But Russell watches that and is thinking, I should have my power too. Tom has his power. Tom's the greatest of all time. Because there has to be something in the back of Russell's head that knows that Father Time's going to click in before on him before that it clicked on Tom Brady. Tom Brady's 43 years old. I don't think that Russell Wilson believes, and I don't think any of us believe, that Russell Wilson's going to be able to play until he's 43 years old. And with more of these guys coming out and saying, I want this, I need this, we have to remember, they can't all play in Florida. They can't all dictate their terms. There is a strong, thick line between elite and franchise in this league. And there are plenty of people, NFL general managers included, who feel you can find franchise quarterbacks – and a lot of different places from who you have already. So if you have Russell Wilson, who is an elite quarterback, if you have Deshaun Watson, who is an elite quarterback, if you have Tom Brady, who is an elite quarterback, dictating their terms, that's only three of 32 starting quarterbacks in this league. That's only three of really out of the franchise quarterbacks. We're talking about three of the tippy-top Aaron Rodgers, another one, that's four. You're talking about four of the tippy-top maybe, maybe, dozen guys. And I think I'm being generous there. They can't all play in Florida. They can't all play in Dallas. They can't all play in LA. They can't all dictate their terms. And in every single mode of business, and we've seen this not just in pro sports, we've seen this in life from the industrial age to now. Anytime, whether it be organized labor, whether it just be the general population, those in power are going to try to find a way to still make their mint and to still hold their power. And there's a guy like Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson can dictate his terms, and Seattle should bend over backwards for him. The same thing I would say for Houston and Deshaun Watson and all the quarterbacks I mentioned before. But there's going to be plenty of guys that maybe they want a little bit more and maybe it's a little bit too soon. And I still think there's going to be a pushback from owners at some point that – Maybe I don't give you or I don't invest. And I. this is just fleshing this out. If the next big quarterback wants a half a billion dollars, or just say a regular run-of-the-mill Carson Wentz contract. Carson Wentz is a bad example because we think his name is mud now, but go with this. Just a run-of-the-mill franchise Carson Wentz contract. Are there going to be less owners willing to make that investment? Because... Not all of them are elite. Not all of them can play in the destination they want. How many for these owners will really be worth the investment? If I believe that you're not the very best, if I believe that you're not going to be elite, if I believe that you can't, and this is the hardest thing to do, but it's more important than ever because of who? Because of Tom Brady, to win a championship. If I can't guarantee a championship, why am I paying for you? I'll make a ton of money. I can also make a ton of money with quarterback X coming out of the draft. I can also make a ton of money. I'm sure they're not hurting in Tennessee signing Ryan Tannehill and being able to go to the playoffs the last couple of years. I can still make a ton of money doing that. I can make a ton of money putting more on my coaching staff, a guy like Mike Vrabel who's smart, and while things aren't always perfect with he and Robinson, I can still make my my money, fulfill my TV deals, and when we're allowed to have fans probably fill up my stadium with a Ryan Tannehill. Do I really need you if you're going to turn around and quote-unquote hold me hostage in five years or three years or two from what it might look like in a couple of places? I I brought up, and many times over, the new emerging quarterback market. We're giving up on quarterbacks sooner than we ever have. Josh Rosen, it looks like Tua, they'd trade now for Deshaun Watson if they could. They'd trade now for Russell Wilson if they could. They'd be a Super Bowl contender at the end of this sentence if they made those trades right now. So they're willing to do these things to move on. We're moving on from quarterbacks faster than we ever have. Before, it was a four- or five-year- or six-year investment. Now you get a couple, and that's about it. If we're willing to move on from rookies that quickly, how how quickly are we willing to move on from the other ones? You know, we wondered if at one point there should be a different salary cap for quarterbacks. Now we're getting to a point where, yeah, a Patrick Mahomes can make a ton, ton, ton of money. But is he going to set the market or is he just going to be in a different stratosphere? Watson, Wilson, Rogers, etc. Maybe a couple of more. Same thing. But now you could be dropping the prices for some of the other guys where I can't trust you and I want to do things my way because I own this football team and I trust my general manager and I trust my head coach, Pittsburgh before Ben Roethlisberger. I trust all these guys more than I trust you. And I believe that they'll be able to find a quarterback, and my fans will just line up and love that guy. Unless he becomes the next Patrick Mahomes, then I guess you got it. But you're not Patrick Mahomes. That guy's not Patrick Mahomes. Nobody else is that guy other than Patrick Mahomes, so you're not going to be getting what he's able to get. And if this continues, I wonder if it could drive down prices. Eight five five two one two four cbs up next. Top five, the top Pierno, you picked a wonderful one. The top five ninety sitcoms of all time. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio.
1: This is the Ken Carmen Show.
2: 855 cbs Coming up in less than 20 minutes, Jimmy Hanley going to join us. We'll talk Tiger. We'll talk about whether or not he's the GOAT. You ready for my hot take already here, Pierno? Yeah. The theme song is the only good part of Friends. Bring it well, on. 855 Let's go. <laughs>
3: I was going to say, I do like Friends, but it's not in my top five, so I, I felt like I'll give it some love by playing its theme song. It's, as in, my yeah. it's in, in my bottom, bottom five. It's in my bottom five. Wow.
2: I... it, friends. I tried. I really tried. And it just, no. No. No.
3: So again, we're doing our uh, top five favorite 90s sitcoms just because on Wednesday it was announced that Frasier would be revived on uh, Paramount Plus, the new streaming service. So top five favorite 90s sitcoms. So number five for me, I'm going back, TGIF Fridays on ABC, Boy Meets World, Corey, Topanga, Sean. Uh, just, I love that show. It just gives you all good feelings. Uh, you know, the show centering around relationships, whether it was di- the dynamic within the family, the Matthews family. You had the friendship between Corey and Sean, the romance with Corey and Tatanga, and of course, the great student-teacher relationship with Miss Defini. It wasn't a cheesy family show; it just felt authentic. Show and sucked. There was uh, there's something in there for everyone to enjoy.
2: Hated it. I hated the show.
3: Did not like Boy Meets World. Nope. Wow. No.
2: Nope. There's not a chance in hell. There is not a chance in hell in real life a kid who looks like Corey Matthews is ever-dating Topanga in middle school, in high school, in college, not in America, not in Europe, not in Canada, not on Mars, nowhere. No. Nowhere at all. Maybe Sean. No maybe Sean does. It ain't. No, it's not Corey Matthews and that huge, bulbous head. He looks like the brother and So I Married an Axe Murderer. looks ridiculous.
3: That's a little harsh. Uh, it is
2: harsh. I meant it to be harsh. I hate the show.
3: He was an ugly. He was, was an ugly Corey. Mr.
2: Feeny was fine. Corey sucks. He was always wishy-washy, and so I'm so afraid of everything. And then the brother finally gets his act together, and then they 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 you know what all over the brother. Yeah, just, yeah,
3: that I that was disappointing. Show. Like, yeah, like yeah. Uh, there was like one of the great moments in that show is uh, when he like goes for his SAT to take the uh, the SAT, and yeah, like he finally does get his stuff together. Yep. And then like he goes off to college, and he just and they just made him a complete idiot. Yeah, I didn't
2: understand it. They just yeah. make him in this stupid person, and I'm like, he wasn't stupid; he was mean. But he wasn't stupid, and they turned him into a moron. I just hate the show. Sorry. All right,
3: number four, uh, Roseanne. <laughs> number four for me is Roseanne. Uh, just groundbreaking in a lot of ways, just uh, especially with the depiction of the American family. And Mary with children deserves uh, there's some credit for that as well, because it actually appeared. Uh, it started a year earlier than uh, Roseanne, but I feel like Roseanne had some more heart to it. Um, but uh, again, it just uh just how it depicted the american family just life wasn't perfect for them it showed the struggles of a working class family they faced financial issues you know father doesn't know best on that show dan didn't have all the answers the parents weren't these thin beautiful looking people you know people could relate to them the kids you know they're not perfect they talk back to their parents Roseanne's sarcastic and is dismissive uh, with the kids, so they didn't fall into the the TV stereotypes. It totally a, agree. It was it was a real family. It was good storytelling, and it also dealt with, of course, controversial topics. You know, had yep. it dealt with racism, homosexuality, you know, domestic violence, abortion, teenage Darlene, birth control. Darlene
2: dropping acid.
3: I mean, it, you know, and, and even when dealing with the difficult issues, like, you didn't feel the need to wrap everything up perfectly in the end as well, you know, because, again, that's not real life. Uh, obviously, like many people, I, I, I have never come across someone that, like, defends the final season to me. I've never come across anyone that actually enjoyed that ninth season and yeah, in particular, bad. the uh, the finale of that show. Yeah. Uh, but the first eight seasons, I love Roseanne. So Roseanne is a, a number four for me. Number three, uh, Frasier. I uh, love Frasier. The show is just so smart. The writing is just clever. It's witty. There's so many great one-liners in that show. One of my favorites, Frasier says to Niles, is, um, uh, I, I would shave my head for you. And Niles responds, a gesture which becomes less significant with each <laughs> passing year. Like, there was so many great one-liners in that show like that. Uh, just, again, excellent cast. In particular, we mentioned it before. Just Kelsey Grammer is great. Uh, David Hyde Pierce is so good in that show. It also could uh, tug at the heartstrings. You had the, the long tease relationship there for Niles and Daphne, which Went on for seven seasons. Man, Um, so good. It was just—it was—it was just—it was was honest with its characters. Exposed them for all their issues. It showed the struggles of trying to be a good person. Uh, It's such a great show. Frasier is at uh, number three for me. Number two, uh, uh, I am going with Seinfeld at number two. Uh, The show about nothing. Uh, Jerry, George, Elaine, Cosmo, just dealing with the uh, craziness of daily life. Uh, just, again, a uh, very influential show. All the performances uh, from all the actors, they're outstanding. Again, the situations that the characters are put in, they're situations that are familiar. Many of us have experienced them. The storylines are relatable. They take flawed people, flawed people in that show and they make them lovable. There's just so many classic episodes, whether it's the contest, the Chinese restaurant, the parking garage, uh, and just so many, uh, obviously, memorable catchphrases in that show. The regifter and double dipping and yada, yada, yada. Uh, so Seinfeld is that number two for me. And my personal favorite 90s sitcom, uh, News Radio. Uh, oh. News Radio, great ensemble cast. I mean, Dave Foley, the great Phil Hartman, Joe Rogan, Andy Dick, Stephen Root, Vicky Lewis, Condi Alexander, um, Maura Tierney. I mean, they were just it was a great cast. Uh, if people don't know, because I know a lot of people haven't seen the show, but everyone that has seen it, I feel like they like it. Uh, but they were employees of a fictional AM news station uh, in New York City it was just um they had they had great rhythm with each other all the uh, the, the cast members it was well written good characters it didn't follow the standard sitcom formula which i liked too it had a very loose structure it broke a lot of the sitcom rules like we discussed, the Niles Daphne will they, won't they storyline already, and that didn't happen here. The characters Dave and Lisa in the show they sleep with each other in the second episode. So oh, wow. um, it was it was wacky in a good way. It got stranger towards the end. Um, of course, you know things really weren't the same. Unfortunately, after Phil Hartman was murdered, um, going into after the fourth season. Uh, honestly, the only thing worth watching in that fifth season is the first episode uh, when they uh, they pay tribute to Hartman. It is a funny episode. It's also very moving. Uh, so, the, the premiere of the fifth season is very good. That's pretty much the only thing uh, worth watching in that, that final season. But, uh, news radio, number one for me.
2: Man, no Save by the Bell, the new class?
3: No Save by the Bell.
2: No Dharma and Greg?
3: No. Actually, I. I I've only seen like a hand. I've only seen a few episodes of Darmer and Grey.
2: You ain't missing anything. You ain't missing anything. Trust me. Um. All right. I'm ready for my five. You ready? Go. Number five. Can't believe you didn't mention this. Home Improvement. Which I had a shock of reality where he Tim the Tool Man Taylor is like 39 at the beginning of that, and you start to realize you're getting as old as the fathers on TV shows. I'm still five years younger than that but it's still it, it, it hits you right in the chest like yesterday I was watching um, I was watching Sonny and in one of the early episodes they have Trey where they all go to like they all go to prom and Trey who's like in high school and he's dating sweet D I realized that was in 2005 I was young for my grade basically Trey and I are the same age and now I'm 34 watching that but home improvement where you start to realize, like, eh, I got three sons. I'm not as handy as what Tim Allen was in there. I, I do try, but I'm not nearly as handy as what Tim Allen was, even though he hurt himself, and that was one of the gags. Richard Karn is great in it. Um, I thought it was just – it was something that you – know, my dad loved that show, and so it was, like, kind of a thing I was allowed to watch. There was a couple of adult themes. I didn't think it got bad as time went on like a lot of other shows did. Uh, I like, I like Home Improvement. Number 4, I don't know how you're going to feel about this. Number 4 is Coach.
3: Coach. I used to watch Coach. I like Coach.
2: I will always have a soft spot for Craig T. Nelson. I love that show, Jerry Van Dyke, Dobber. Uh I always you always try to figure out like what conference they're really in. It's almost like watching the program uh, I love football as a kid. I love football now. I, the episode with Troy Aikman being the father of their kid together. Uh, that The whole thing, the hijinks, I enjoyed that show very, very much. I actually got to see every episode of that show when I broke my back and I was getting my back worked on. I had to go to treatment three days a week for like two hours a day, and it was just me on this board. And I, I watched i watched every episode of Frasier, and I watched every, every episode ever of Coach when I broke my back way back when. So Coach,
3: I, I, I haven't seen Coach in probably, like, 15 years they, at it was on,
2: It was on Netflix. And I, I if if Coach was on a streaming service now, I would stop everything I'm doing other than this show, and I'd sit there and watch Coach.
3: What and was the pro team? T- it was Orlando, what, Orlando, right?
2: It was the Orlando Breakers. It feels like like somebody said, I think somebody said to Mraz that it was perfect, uh, that Urban Meyer to the Jacksonville Jaguars feels like Craig T. Nelson to the Orlando Breakers. That was perfect. Uh, But Coach is my number number four. Number three, can't believe you didn't have this there. I was really surprised you didn't have this on your list. Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. James Avery, I think, made that show. I think he's underrated. One of the great fathers of television history, James Avery, in that show. Takes in Will. Has that great back and forth with Will as the nephew there are so many things where you know, you could see where James Avery comes from and that dissection with Will, like when he gets him out of that, that thing in the pool hole and it turns out that James Avery used to be a – Uncle Phil used to be a pool shark. The whole thing is great. Even when it went from the different Aunt Vivs, I still f- didn't think it skipped a beat. There was a couple episodes here or there. By the time he went to ULA, it got a little eh, up and down, but I still thought that the show was great. Fresh Prince is number three. Number two, Frazier. I didn't realize that Daphne and Niles stretched out for seven seasons.
3: Seven seasons. How about that?
2: So great. In so many TV shows, and you know this, and now they especially do it, especially Netflix, because they got like the three-year rule. Like, okay, go with me on this. Before we knew what we knew about the show House of Cards, Kevin Spacey. Before we knew about Kevin Spacey, did you or did you not believe they made him president too quickly? Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of times where they want to force these type of things very quickly. They drug that out for seven years, seven years, and it didn't insist upon itself. It was great. It was fantastic the way that you never saw Maris. It was one of the great running gags. John Mahoney is the father. I think that everybody can see their father in John Mahoney. This is an English actor with one of the best. I think he sounded Midwest, but either way, gravelly, gravelly type of voices there. Mahoney was great. The chair, Eddie, everything about Frazier was great. And plus I'm a radio guy, so I always like to go, that's not how you go to break. That's not how you do this. But I like that. Seinfeld. Seinfeld's number one because there's never a serious episode. They're bad people, and you know they're bad people, but a lot of people have a dark side to them. And there's so many different characters that they drop in that they just don't do a story for. So there's plenty of other characters over nine years where you have you have your four main, and then you might have, like, Jay Peterman for a, for a season. You may have Putty towards the end. Crazy Joe Devola for a season there early. And then there's just a bunch of other ones that you don't really need to care about, and they drop them in, and then you remember them. I remember FDR. I remember the guys who survived the gulag who were who were putting in uh, cable, who were putting in stolen cable. Like, you remember all those guys. So there's so many great things about that show. George Steinbrenner, I loved when George was with the Yankees. I hated that he lost his job with the Yankees. I hated that. I hated it so much. And I know that George has to be a loser and he has to be shifty, but I hated it, hated it, hated it that he lost his job with the Yankees because he was trying to get a job with the Mets the only thing I hate about that show. Everything else I love. So, Seinfeld Frazier, Fresh Prince, Coach, Home Improvement. Those are our top five. So we We'll be putting them out there on Twitter. 855-2124-CBS. I lost track of time. I gotta get the break. I gotta get the Jimmy Hanlon. Fox Sports. We'll talk with him about Tiger. Where does the PGA go after this? It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio right now. It's the latest sports update with Marco Belletti. <laughs> You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. One hour from now, we'll talk NBA, Sam Amico, 48minutes.com, as well as I'll kick. Then we go back-to-back, belly-to-belly, Jake Heaps will join us, host at 710 ESPN in Seattle, all about the Russell Wilson saga and everything going on. But Tiger Woods, scary moment earlier this week. Tiger Woods, a rollover crash. Doctors not giving him a good prognosis about being able to come back and playing competitively in the PGA again. What does the PGA do? Where is Tiger's status among golf, among sports, everything? What does the PGA do from here on out? We welcome in Jimmy Hanlon, who joins us, a PGA pro, host of Fox Sports. Now, he's got several shows on Fox Sports. Okay, Swing Clinic, 18 holes, links to the game, pin shot, the whole thing. Find him on Twitter at Jimmy Hanlon. So he's a very, very busy man. But he's always free for me and always ready to talk about Tiger. Hello, Jimmy. Hi, Ken. How are you, buddy? I'm doing okay. Uh, th- sure. I tell you what, it was shocking news uh, earlier this week, and immediately because immediately people started thinking about Kobe, and, and and obviously there was a lot of scary moments there. Uh, it's because I the f- initial report was very vague, and I think it did throw some people off. Now he should be able to live a decent life after this, but a lot of it's very scary. Should we expect a Tiger who's crossed over to plus 40 plus forty years old, should we expect him to try to rehab it and, and have some sort of a comeback, or is, or is this it for him in professional golf, Jimmy?
0: Well, Kenny, exactly what you said. It's kind of funny you said it. The first thought I had when the, when the wreck happened was Kobe. The second thought that I had was Ben Hogan. You know, Ben Hogan, in a horrific car crash, smashed his pelvis, his ankles, his legs. First prognosis was he'd never walk again. You know, and it wasn't even years later, months later, he wins the U.S. Open, right, walking 36 holes on the final day. So um, you just never know, right? I just really think it's too early to think about it. I mean, I think the first thoughts of Tiger and his family and his group is, like, let's just get him healthy. The next thing that scares you is you start thinking about the Alex Smith stuff, right? This guy has pins in his legs, probably open wounds because they're worried about infection right and what can happen when you have all these pins and all these open wounds and and you know how they have to maintain this so first thing is getting through these first probably eight to ten weeks start to heal keep him out of infection uh you know hopefully not get in a position like alex smith has then the next thing will be okay can we get him up on his feet can we get him walking can we get him to start think about having a normal life and i think once you get to that point then you start to realize okay is this guy ever going to be able to to put a golf club in his hand again. And and those are things that it's just going to take time. It's fun for us. It's not fun, but it's our job to speculate whether it can ever happen again. But reality is I don't even know the doctors know the guys that actually, you know, know what they're doing when it comes to talking about these types of injuries. I don't even think they could put a percentage on it at this point right now, whether there's a possibility of a
2: comeback. Jimmy Hanlon joining us on the show. Follow him on Twitter at Jimmy Hanlon. So say he's not able to, uh, his presence is still there. That's what There's got to be a business side that's thankful for it because you get to enjoy him. You get to enjoy the memories uh, of Tiger Woods playing. And then, he, of course, his presence would probably still be there at a lot of different tournaments and, and things that he sponsors and things like that. But how does the PGA – because now it, it brings this – what do we do when Tiger's no longer playing? What are they going to do? With, well, now it brings it right into the forefront. What do they do in the PGA without Tiger in the field playing against these players?
0: Well, I think the thing about it is, Kenny, you know, we've been through this for 12 to 15 years. This guy's had a career where he played for four months off for a year, you know, different injuries. And the guy literally won the U.S. Open with two stress fractures and and no cartilage or no, no ligament in his knee. Right. But then right after that, he had to have a surgery and we missed him for 10 to 12 months. Didn't play golf. You know, wasn't in tournaments, wasn't in events. And then, you know, it happened all over again with the saga, you know, after Thanksgiving with his wife and, took a lot of time off of golf so we're a little bit used to not having tiger play golf um for long periods of time you know and then the guy has his back fused, comes back so back and wins the masters so we're used to it the game is used to not having him it's not better without him it's it's actually really not better without him when you're talking about tv ratings but there's enough good young players exciting players out there to keep people interested and exciting about golf Kenny, golf is it, it's Peak right now, when it comes to popularity, I mean, people yep. are coming out in droves because of what's happened in our world over the last 12 months, and and it's it's really popular. So now will be the key. Okay, now these people that haven't been in the game, which Tiger brought us in the early 2000s and late 90s, he brought all these people that never thought about playing golf. Well, now all of a sudden, I hate to say it, COVID's kind of done it too, right? COVID's brought people to the golf course. Top golf's brought people to the golf and and made them want to play golf. So now it's like. What person steps up and just grabs them as a, as a fan, you know, or, or, or is, is a fan favorite? Tiger did it in the late 90s. It would be really good to have that one person, and I don't know that there is that one person. There's a group of 10 of them that are really fun and exciting and different, but we don't have that one right now like Tiger.
2: You know, I, and I want to get the stat right. Is this or was this not 2020? Was it or was it not what the highest revenue reported by the golf industry since, what, 96 was it 96? I,
0: you know, I can only, yes. I, You know, and it depends on what publication you read. You know, when you talk yeah. about equipment sales, it's off the charts. When you talk about some of the larger equipment companies right now, Kenny, you can't get stuff delivered for three to six weeks. You know, I think uh, I'm a Callaway guy. Callaway's been able to keep up with the demand at this point right now, but a lot of the other companies have not been able to do it just because of the demand of, of, you know, people buying and spending money in this game right now. And it's crazy. And I can tell you at my facilities, our, our, we, we crushed all records in rounds of golf in the last, you know, honestly, I say last year, but we had a really good 2019, too, but then 2020 was off the charts. So the popularity of people getting outside and playing this game is, is unreal. And it's new people to the game. That's the cool thing. People had more time, so people played more that already played the game. There's a lot of new people uh, in this game right now. So that's the big question. Are they going to fall in love with Ricky Fowler? Are they going to fall in love with Dustin Johnson when they turn the TV on? Are they going to find a guy that they say, man, this guy is is it? So, you know, if I'm playing in four major championships this year, if some guy steps up and just dominates the game this year, man, he, he, he's got a chance of just gaining some extreme popularity very quickly.
2: I've been guilty of this in the past myself, Jimmy, because we've been talking about Tiger f- since I was a child. That, well, what's golf gonna do after Tiger? Will it? What? What will help it get? It, isn't it okay to realize just how much of a force Tiger Woods is? To go, yeah, you're not gonna get the same type of reaction that you're gonna get if Tiger Woods was out there, because J- Tiger Woods was really a once in a lifetime, maybe once in a generation, or once in a sport type of phenomenon. I think that's okay to admit, isn't it?
0: Oh, I, I think without a doubt, you're exactly right. I think we should look at it and say, man, we were really fortunate to see an athlete like this, right? Come, come across. He's a He's a Michael Jordan, right? He's a Muhammad Ali. I mean, there's not many more people that you can put into that, that circle of people right there that just not only dominated from a standpoint of while they were on their field or course, but they also dominated when it came to just the uh, fan favorites. I mean, just, just, it changed the game, right? Literally changed the game and how it was played. You know, there's not a lot of people you can put in that, in that circle. And, and, uh, you know, he's definitely – there's no one would ever leave him out, right? You could argue whether, you know, Jim Brown would be in it or, or you know, maybe some other players uh, from an NBA standpoint or a baseball standpoint might be in it. But there's no argument
2: that Tiger sits
0: right at the top of that list of, of the greatest athletes of all time that, that literally changed it, their game.
2: So Bryson DeChambeau's out there. And uh, there's a lot of things that I I can say this. You don't have to because, you you know, you're in on golf, and I know you don't want to sit there and say the things like, I don't like him because he wears that hat, and I think he thinks he's better than me already, Jimmy. I ain't going (laughs) to lie to you. So people are going, oh, well, this guy can bring – I need good. I need good versus evil. And I like this Max Homa guy. He's 30 years old, seems like a good egg. Tell me more about him.
0: I mean, just a really good – play. and that's the thing about golf is Max Holm a really good player, right? And mean, just mm-hmm. – there's a lot – here's the thing, Kenny. So when I grew up playing golf, right, you know, I, I was a quarterback on a football team. I stopped playing quarterback as a sophomore so, so I could play golf because literally I was just better at it, right? That was a horrible thing to do at my age, right? Like people like literally hated me for doing that, right? Now <laughs> people that are kind of your age or, or, you know, or a little bit even younger – Golf became cool because Tiger, was there There's no problem. There's a lot of people who say, yeah, man, I would play golf instead of football. You know, what do you want to walk around with sore knees and ankles and stuff like that, you know, at that point? So now golf is cool. So now you get these kids like Dustin Johnson and Max Holman and Brooks Kepa. These, these guys are athletes, right? Tony Finau can do a reverse dunk with a basketball with his eyes closed, right? Like yeah. these guys are pure athletes that made a decision to get into the game of golf, and they're all in their early 30s. Because Tiger made it cool. You know, it, it was like, Oh man, all right. I'm not a I'm not a nerd if I play golf. I, I I'm an athlete. I'm look at that guy. He looks like he could play wide receiver in the NFL. You know, and so that's really what's happened, Kenny, is you're you're seeing these kids that are that are phenomenal athletes playing the game of golf, and that's why the ball is just going astronomically far and they don't even know what to do. Right? They got these kids yeah. that are like, Oh my gosh, like what what do we even do? You know, I mean if you, you get a kid like you know, like a guy like LeBron James that's, you know, that's 275 and just this chiseled athlete, and he started playing golf when he was six. Can you can you imagine how far LeBron would hit a golf ball if, if I got a golf club six. in his hand when he was five years old? he probably hit it 400 yards. You know, it's crazy.
2: <laughs> Jimmy, follow this guy on Twitter, at Jimmy Hanlon. Masters is April 8th. Jimmy, I'm going to be reaching out to you, okay, buddy? Thank you for the time.
0: Love it. Thanks. Have a good, good one, Kenny.
2: You too. Jimmy Hanlon. PGA Pro, host on Fox Sports, swing clinic, 18 holes, links to the game, pin shot, follow him on Twitter at Jimmy Hanlon, one of the best guys out there, one of the best golfers out there, one of the best pros out there, and I mean that sincerely. Jimmy's a great guy. And I think that's one of the things that when we looked at when we look at golf, you know, there's great personalities in there. And Max Homa, okay, I'm paying attention here. You're calling your wife in big moments, your wife's calling you in big moments for a playoff? I got a human interest story here. Let me know more of it. 855-212-4CBS. Coming up next, the goat of goats. And timing, we found out earlier this week, timing is everything. It's Ken Carman on CBS Sports Radio.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,